He lost another week. He lost another service. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord here tonight. In the name of Jesus. As you're returning to your seats, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have you turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Hallelujah. Wonderful worship in the house of God. Love what I feel in this place. want to say amen again and repeat as I did on Sunday. What an honor to serve this people. Amen. You know, Brother Reyes, as he was saying, praying for that. You got to be careful what you pray for. Amen. I, I'll uh, tell you, I was saying, God, you could use me. Whatever you want to do. And, and then sometimes he uses you and you feel used. So you got to be careful what, he, what you ask for because God might actually answer those prayers. Amen. But I want to tell you, God comes through in miraculous ways. God comes through in miraculous ways. And amen, I, I, uh, I didn't know why God had been speaking to me so much about ARC over the last few years that I've been coming here. I've had dreams and visions here. And I promise, I'm very analytical. I don't, God doesn't tell me what color socks to wear. I know some of y'all got that relationship, you know. We don't do that, but it seemed like every time I came through here, God was just speaking to me and dropping things in my spirit. We were, and I'll, I'll say this, and then we'll move on, and maybe we'll talk a little more about it. My wife and I felt like God told us, you're done evangelizing. Calling you to pastor. I'm talking about as audible as I'm talking to you right now. My wife heard it, I heard it. So we were rolling around the northwest, city to city, looking where we're going to start a church. Because in my mind, there's no other, there was no other, that's just what it was. And uh, we talked to my pastor in three days of looking around. We went all across the northwest, the west coast. I wasn't going to the south or the east coast. I was just out of the way. Um, it was going to be the best coast, amen. And so as I was doing that, I, I talked to my pastor, and we were, I'm talking about we put miles on that car, looking and praying and crying over cities that were just ugly. And Brother Buxton called me. And he said, I've just been not able to sleep for three days. And I said, bro, we've been driving around for three days. And uh, he said, I want you to pray about coming here. I was like, okay, we got our answer. Reno, he wants us to come to Nevada. We, we figured it out. He's like, no, I, God spoke to me. You're supposed to come here. And I thought, okay, we're going to assist. Maybe I'm going back to being a youth pastor. And he's like, no, I don't think you get it. I really felt like God spoke to me. And we prayed and fasted for three three months. Now, I ate during those three months. I didn't fast for three straight months just in case somebody gets it twisted. I love food and I love Jesus, but, you know, hallelujah. And, uh, and I heard straight from God. We could talk more about all of those other details later, but I said, God, here's my fleece. X, Y, and Z, things that should have taken years. God did it in four months. And, uh, and I, I can't have time to talk about all the miracles of that, but it has just been one miracle after another, and we are so thankful to be here in the house of God, in the will of God, with the people of God. Amen. Amen. And I felt like even before uh, this service, I felt like God had been speaking to me for the last few months about this service, and I want to do my best to minister in uh, 
in, in, in the Holy Ghost. But before I do that, I got a text from Brother Rob. And he asked for us to pray for his sister-in-law. She had bacterial meningitis. And she's been paralyzed from the waist down. But they said if the antibiotics work, um, that she has a chance of recovering her, her feeling and her ability to walk. And I told him, you know what, we'll pray, but we're going to have the church pray as well. But I told him, you let your sister-in-law know that there is a church here. Now, they live in Idaho, but I said, you let them know there's a church here in Carson City that is praying for you. I want God to get all the credit, all the glory, and all the honor. Why don't we take a moment and just lift up our hands and let's pray for Brother Rob's sister-in-law right now. Come on, there's some folks, you've been healed in the house of God. You've been blessed in the house of God. You've been blessed by the Spirit of God and healed in your body and in your mind. We're praying right now for Brother Rob's sister-in-law, Jesus, as well as Brother Rob's wife, God, that has a surgery that's coming up. God, we're praying that she'd get that second report he talked about. And, God, that you would heal both of them and let it be a miracle and let them know that it was the hand of the Lord. Let them know that it was the glory of God and the healing power that by your stripes, with your stripes, we are healed. Oh, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. In Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1. The Bible says this. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I have delivered them unto you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. And we used to play a game when I was a kid, and it was called Follow the Leader. But I want to preach this for a few moments on this subject. Follow the follower. Follow the follower. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly in this building. You could walk in sick. You can walk in busted, broke, and you could walk out of this building absolutely healed, absolutely delivered in the name of Jesus. God, touch this word. Anoint me to preach your word to your people. And God, help us to have ears to hear and a heart to respond in the wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, somebody give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you and you may be seated. Hope I don't offend people. I don't like coats. I will wear it until I get up to preach. Hallelujah. Follow the follower. The Bible lets us know in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 that God is not the author of of confusion. God is not the author of confusion, which means that there is an author of confusion. But it is not God. And so if there is confusion, I want you to know it is not of God. Because God can arrive in disorder, God can arrive in confusion, but by the time that he leaves, there will be order, there will be revelation, 
there will be understanding. That's why in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. In other words, it was empty, it was dark, it was void, which means it was purposeless. Amen. That's how the lives of you and I were before God ever found us. And that's the condition of our world. But I got good news. The Bible says, but the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And even though there was disorder, even though there was confusion, even though there was purposelessness, when God began to move and when God began to speak, all of a sudden there became order, there became light, there became revelation. Has anybody been the recipient? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You were just floating through life, but God showed up. You didn't know what direction was up, what direction was down. You were confused. You were confounded. But Jesus showed up, turned your right side up, and set you on your merry way. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that's the way our God is. He walks and he moves. God's not afraid of your disorder. God's not afraid of our dysfunctions. God will move on them. Everybody God ever moved on in the Bible was dysfunctional. Everybody God ever used in the Bible had something going on in their life. Something not right. But I want to tell you, God still uses people like that. God still moves on people like that. God doesn't wait for everybody to have it all together. God moves on them, and people get it together. Amen. And it is the same way that Jesus shows up on the other side of the sea. And the Bible says that he finds the wild man of Gadara. The Bible says he was daily in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself. The Bible says that he was not clothed. He was crazy. Everybody knew how crazy this man was and how wild this man was. And they had tried many times to bind him with fetters and chains. But the Bible says that no man could tame him. Untamable by mankind, but Jesus shows up. Untamable by a legion of devils. They couldn't even stop him because the Bible says he ran down the hill to worship Jesus. There was something in this wild man's disorder that was untamable. It was unchainable. And here he arrives at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus begins to speak over his life. And the, and the Bible says he calls that spirit out. He casts that legion of devils out of this man's life. And the next image we have of him, the Bible says that he is sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's in a position and a posture of being seated together in Jesus Christ and the Bible says he is clothed and in his right mind because when Jesus shows up disorder becomes when Jesus shows up devil possessions become devil deliverances when Jesus shows up blinded eyes open up and begin to see when Jesus shows up deaf ears begin to hear and order is brought into the house somebody praise him come on Somebody magnify him. God is looking for somebody that he can form. God is looking for somebody that he can frame. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and worship him. Come on, let's pray all across this building.
There's some folks who walked in uh, in this building, life a mess, life a wreck. Uh, but I want you to know uh, Jesus is coming into this house. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray. Amen, because God is interested in order. When God started a church, God did it with order. Everything God does, he takes it from its state. He took fishermen. He took tax collectors. Listen, you can reform a tax collector. You really are the savior of the world. Matthew believed in him right away. He's like, well, I was a tax collector. And everybody said, wow. But Jesus took all these people. He took them from their walks of life, their religiosity, their lack of religiosity. And God began to work on them for three and a half years. And as God worked on them, he began to mold them and shape them into leaders and shape them from disciples who who just went from their tax collection and went from their fishing. And the Bible says that they forsook all and they followed him. And the Bible says uh, that God took those people that just left everything behind and followed him. And as God began to bring their life into order, uh, God began to anoint them. Uh, God began to use them. Uh, He sent them out by twos uh, and they begin to cast out devils, uh, heal the sick uh, and preach the kingdom of God. Listen, God will use a group of people just like this. We might have issues. We come from different backgrounds. But God's saying, I'm calling you. And if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. If you'll follow me, you'll reach your family. If you'll follow me, you'll reach your city. If you follow Jesus, you might be messed up, but not for long. You might be out of order, but not for long. God's going to use you. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody magnify him. Oh, hallelujah. God uses people like that, puts them in place, puts them in position. And then there's a man by the name of Paul. Paul persecuted the church, and the Bible says he wasted it. He persecuted, locked up families, tore families apart, killed people, stood at the, at the feet of Stephen being stoned as in approval of the destruction of somebody who is trying to spread the kingdom of God. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that in our world. They're trying to kill anybody who's trying to propagate the gospel. But I want to tell you, that gospel always wins. That message always wins. It always penetrates the hardest of hearts. Come on. The most tightened up minds. Uh, there's some folks that are so closed minded, they, they might, their brain might die in there because of a lack of oxygen. But God can reach in there uh, and begin to work on them. And Because God's got a plan for everybody. God's got a purpose for everybody. Everybody. God calls Paul, turns him into an apostle, turns him into a disciple, and gets him out of following Gamaliel and all of, all of the Judaizers and says, follow me. And Paul decides to follow him. And here he is many years later. He's writing one of the churches that he started. And the Bible says that he is beginning to talk to them about order. He's talking to the church. Churches arguably... According to scripture, the Corinthian church is the most gifted church. But they've got a lot of things going on.
And he begins to write this letter to them. And he's not looking to stop anything they're doing. He's saying, we just got to bring some things into order. And because the way that they were raised and the nation they were in, he says, we're going to work on this. And he begins to start and he begins to tell them that in the church, in the kingdom of God, there is an order. And in 1 Corinthians 11, he lets us know that order. He says, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. What is that saying? that is saying is the order goes God, Christ, not saying there's a separation. There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is only one God. What it is saying is there is God Almighty who is above all, through all, and in us all. And then there is the body of Christ. And underneath the body of Christ, it goes and it says there is the man. Then there is the woman. And then under that, we can assume rightly that there are the children. Now, I want somebody to realize this. In our world, they've got it all messed up. You start talking about stuff like this, and immediately they think you're a chauvinist. No, it's not an order of importance. Let's get that straight. It's not an order of importance. Amen. I want you to know we know that God is the most important. Amen. We know that the church is important. We know that men and women and children are important. Uh, But what God is saying through the Apostle Paul is there is a correct order in my kingdom, and it is in that order uh, that I work, uh, that I move. It is in that order uh, that God's blessings uh, can flow into your life. Uh, It is in that order uh, that God's anointing uh, can flow down uh, into your family. I'll just stop and talk about this for a moment. Listen, I'm I'm not a parent. One day I will be. But I want you to know that there is a whole world that the parent now yells at the teacher but not at the student. It's out of order. It's out of order. It's where the children will run the home, tell the parent what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. It is out of order. There is a home. The Bible says we submit ourselves one to another, but the Bible also says, wives, submit yourselves even to your own husbands, which is right in the Lord. But husbands, the Bible says to love your wife even as Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. God's got order. God's got order. It's not important. It's not we're going to do this and not do that. No, God's saying, I want this thing to work like a well-oiled machine. Husbands, you go ahead and die for your wife if you got to. And wives, you go ahead and submit to your husbands. And children, you go ahead and obey your parents, that which is right in the Lord, because there's order. And when the family gets out of order, the church gets out of order family gets out of order, God's blessing will not flow. When the family gets out of order, because the church is made of families, strong families make strong churches. And if ARC is going to be a strong church, we're going to have strong families. And we've got strong families. 
but God's going to build on strong families and bring more strong families. But we've got a job to do, and that's to keep everything in alignment and everything in order so God can lay line upon line, precept upon precept. God wants to add. He's going to give a little here and a little there. But we've got to keep ourselves on the right track and in the right order. Lift up your hands and let's magnify Jesus. Come on for just a moment. Somebody praise him. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray. This is not a rebuke. I think everybody's doing great. It's a reminder. We're going to get everything in order. And when we get everything in order, God does the rest. God works everything out for our good. Oh, somebody pray. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. I feel him. I feel him. I feel him. It's got to be in order. Kids don't run the home. Adam was first created, the Bible says, and then Eve. It's, it's not a chauvinistic thing. God has put the man there to be the protector and the provider. The Bible says if a man doesn't provide for they of his own household, he's worse than an infidel. Ladies, when we preach about uh, submitting to your husband, it is not uh, because we're saying you got to be under. Uh, what we're saying is there's a protection uh, that God put there. And men, that means we got to step up. Uh, that means we got to stand up uh, and be and be the man God called us to be, be the husband, the father, you name it, that God called us to be, because that's order, that's right, and God's blessing always flows through order. Oh, somebody praise him. But if we get it out of order, does God bless that? Does God, no. And Paul is saying, we got to get this thing right. It goes God, it goes church, it goes husband, wife, and then it goes children, and everything goes in that alignment, and that's how God's blessings flow. The Bible says, brother, why don't you go ahead and pull up, I think it's Psalms chapter 1, verse 133, verses 1 through 2. The Bible talks about how, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down under the skirts of his garment. I want you to notice that God's anointing, it always flows downward. Not, not level of importance. I, I want you to get that. I, I want you to understand what I'm telling you so you understand my heart. I'm not talking about importance. I'm, not I'm talking about God's divine order, God's alignment. God's saying, if you get in alignment, I'm going to let that anointing flow, and it's going to start at the top. And you know what the head is? The Bible says the head is even Christ. That head is God Almighty. And if the church can get aligned with that head, guess what? The anointing flows. And if the man can get aligned with the church, the anointing flows. And if the wife can get aligned with the husband, the church, and God, the anointing flows. And if the kids get aligned with the mother, the father, the church, come on, it flows. It flows. Anointing comes. Blessings come. Healing comes. And revival will flow through order. Oh, somebody worship him. Come on, let's praise him. Come on. God's blessings are flowing. God's wanting to anoint some people. God's wanting to use some people. All we got to do is step under it and just say, God, let it flow. God, let it flow. I just want to be right so it'll flow. So you'll anoint my family. So you'll use my family. So you'll bless us. Oh, somebody magnify him. Lift up your hands all across this building. 
Come on, let's pray. Come on. God, I want you to bless us. I want you to bless this church. God, as the new pastor, I want to see this church so blessed with revival, with people's lives being blessed, with souls being saved. But I've got to make sure I get myself in alignment and the church has got to align to you, almighty God. And Paul is talking about order and he starts the chapter before he ever talks about the church, before he ever talks about the husbands and wives, he says this, be ye followers of me. But I want you to know that Paul is not asking for blind leadership, blind followership. Every dictator in history has asked for blind followership. Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, you go ahead and we will silence media, we will silence this. You go down the list, they've all said it. You go back to every religious figure, they've said let's go ahead and let's take out. They take away the learning, they take away the understanding because they want dumb people to follow. But God's kingdom has never been that way. Because my Jesus didn't want blind followers, he opened the eyes of the blind. He said, I would hope that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. He opened up their eyes. He opened up their understanding. He wanted people that knew who they were following, why they were following, and they were happy to follow. They were excited to follow Jesus. But Paul is saying, be followers of me. But I'm going to preface this. The new pastor, I'm going to preface this for somebody. Be ye followers of me, even as I am followers of Christ Jesus. Because the pastor's got to be in alignment too. Let me say that for somebody's help. The preacher's got to be in alignment too. The leader's got to be in alignment too. It's not everybody else. Because if I get out of alignment, you won't be blessed either. If I get out of alignment... God will move me out of the way because he's encouraged to, to bless his people. He's looking to bless his people. And I'm going to tell you, the great weight is on my shoulders to make sure I stay in alignment and I keep my followership as close as I can to the bloody Jesus that walked up a hill and died and rose again on the third day. And i got to be as close as I possibly can following Jesus. Why don't you stand all across the building and lift up your hands. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. We've all, we've all got to be in alignment. We've all got to be followers. We've all got to be followers. We've all got to be followers of Jesus. Somebody pray all across this building. Somebody pray. Come on, there is a blessing on the other side of just getting in alignment and following. Come on, I'm going to follow Jesus. 
I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to get as close as I can. And I'm going to follow Jesus. Let me speak to somebody for just a second. You remain standing. Come here. Just play some music. Give them hope. I promise, hey, listen, if we get it, I will not be a long-winded preacher. I got a lot to say, but you ain't got a lot of time. We'll just, let's just get in the spirit, have revival, and pray people through. Amen. But Paul would say this, brother, if you could pull up Galatians 1 and 8. He's giving a preface. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse 9, as we said before, say, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, uh, let him be accursed. I want you to notice what Paul said. Paul said, but though we, if I ever tell you, you don't have to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in other tongues to be saved. Run! If I ever tell you that there's more than one way to be saved, uh, you go ahead and you vote with your feet. You grab your family. You go down the street. You find an... Come on, I'll tell you what my pastor told me. If I ever turn and tell you that women can dress like men and men can dress like women and none of this stuff matters and you go ahead and just live however you want, you go ahead, grab your family and say, love the church, but I love God's gospel more... More than I love a man, uh, more than I love a personality, I want to be sick. Because I got to follow and practice what I preach. And the weight's on me, Elder. I feel it. I've been feeling it. Pray for me. I feel it. I feel it stronger than ever. Hey, as an evangelist, I can preach, grab a burger, and head out. And hope everybody makes it. I feel the weight that that very gospel my pastor put into me 16 years ago. That very gospel that pulled me out of the ghetto. That put me into the church of the living God. That, that helped me to become everything God is calling me to be. That very, that very thing he preached into me. I'm doing my best to bring it to the church and to bring it here. And everything God did there. They're now running 450. I'm believing God is going to do it right here. But I got to stay in alignment. Now, if our personalities cross, smile, pray for me, and wave. If we disagree, that's where submission comes in because submission's when you don't agree. But if I ever tamper with the gospel and the doctrine, you go ahead and go because I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm following him as close as possible. But Paul is saying, if I got my alignment right, I'm only asking one thing for the church. That you'd be followers of me, even as I follow him. And trust me, as a preacher, as a leader, I'm going to do everything in my power to follow him in worship, to follow him in giving, to follow him in serving, to follow him in living, to follow him in prayer, to follow him in study, to follow him in fasting, to follow him in every way. But you got to follow people that are followers of him. And get your eyes off people that are not following him. Brother, pull up my last scripture. 
Because if you follow the right people, you're going to start looking like this. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Don't follow after people that aren't trying to, to live up to that right there. Follow Jesus with everything you got. Lift up your hands. I'm done preaching. Somebody pray. God's calling. God's calling not for talented people. God's not calling for people that got everything together. God's calling for people that just want to follow him. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? God, help me to be a follower. God, help me to be a follower. I want to follow as close to Jesus. I want to follow so close that I can see the nail prints in his hands. I want to follow Jesus. Come on. Come on, if you don't know your next step, why don't you find a leader in the church and see their life? They've been following after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. They've been following after Jesus and say, I've got to follow somebody who's been following Jesus. I've got to pray like brother so-and-so and pray like sister so-and-so because I can tell they're following Jesus. Come on, somebody pray all across this building. If you know there's some areas in your life that are out of alignment and out of order, I want to encourage you, get back in that alignment. Get back in that flow. Get back in that anointing. Go ahead. Get your family back in alignment because that's where blessings are. That's where anointing is. That's where the ministry God's put in your heart is. That's where he's going to use you. That's where he's going to save your family. Come on, there's some moms and dads. You just got to get back in alignment. And when you get back in alignment and stop trying to have a power struggle, God's power will flow all the way down to your children. It'll flow, and God might use them to preach the gospel. God might send them across the world. Somebody pray all across this building. Come on. God's raising up a church of followers. Come on, not followers of the world, but followers of Jesus Christ. Followers of his word. Followers of his righteousness. Followers of his love.
Come on, let's hit somebody pray all across the building. The Holy Ghost is still moving in this place. There's some folks, all you need to do is just align a little bit. It might be one degree, but say, God, I'm going to align so that anointing will flow. I'm going to align so that blessing will flow. I'm going to align so that, come on, God's going to do great things, but you just got to get in that right place. There's an anointing of the Holy Ghost flowing through this building. There's some folks that just aligned. They just got in that order, and the anointing's flowing right now. If you have a need in your body, if you have a need in your life, why don't you just go ahead and pray about it? Why don't you go ahead? Come on. Now that there's alignment, now that there's order, pray and watch God's anointing flow. Watch God's blessing flow. Watch God turn things around and open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open.